You're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Barron, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Barron, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Hey, all right, everybody. Welcome back to the Tactical Kitchen Show. A very windy Monday. It's a very blustery day. It's so pretty outside until you walk out there and you stand outside and it's so windy. (laughs) I know. It's total, you know... Uh, hosing you because you look out again the window it looks great let's go out there and then you blow away I don't know maybe you can hear it I, maybe the mic will pick it up but you can just hear the wind outside yeah it's, it's crazy uh, it's awesome well grandsons came over earlier and we had to stand outside and play every known ball sport <laughs> they <laughs> well, just so, want to run around and play so it's so funny because kids kids will go outside and it can be 30 degrees outside and they'll go out there in no jacket and a pair of shorts and it does not affect them they don't they don't have an issue with it our our youngest little grandson has no shoes on and he's just running across the rocks and i'm like he is like grizzled man well it doesn't it doesn't bother them and and it's one of those things that kids have more brown fat than they do regular white fat. So brown fat can create heat. So their body just kind of creates the heat, and they can play outside while we want to put jackets on. I know. We'll tell we'll tell our oldest one, it's cold. We want to go inside. He's like, I'm not cold. I'm not cold, you weak adults. No, he's five. He's awesome. But what episode is this? Oh, yeah, it's episode 84 before I forget. Episode 84. All right. What are we doing today? Uh, well, uh, you know, we're going to talk about some really interesting things because, um, you know, we listen to a lot of what's being said out in the interwebs and the the outside of our house portion of the world um, and just kind of soak it in and see what makes sense and what doesn't. Yeah. And there was something very interesting that came up this week and um, just something you read on the regular iPhone news app. Yeah, iPhone news. And, and that's kind of what we do is we look or, you know, we just listen and, and read news during the week and, and see what's being said. And, uh, you know, oftentimes you get news about what celebrities eat and how they work out and how they stay slim. Most of it's all BS, just so, you know, just so you know. But one of the things that I was reading, uh, it was about Kelly Ripa and her eating an alkaline diet. Um, which, you know, she's she's done some other things, like she's cut out alcohol and cut out, you know, poor foods, which are all great. But um, the, the funny thing was is she was eating the alkaline diet and being more plant-based, even though it gave her reflux and di- indigestion. Right. And when you we read that to me, I was like, what? So basically she just, her take was kind of like, you got to just push through because your body's just having to work a lot harder and plant-based people just know this, <laughs> that your body has to work a lot harder for the nutrients. So you're, you might have this reflux and indigestion. And I was like, wait, let's just stop. Let's just stop right there that your body has to work a lot harder for the nutrients. So what does that say right there? That was her quote, like in this one article, um, your body has to work a lot harder for the nutrients. 
That should make someone have pause. Well, it, it absolutely should because if, if, if when you eat food, it doesn't make you feel good, then that food's not working for you. That's such a strong point because that's what we always say. If you eat a food and you don't feel well after that food, then maybe that food isn't the right food for your body. It's not working for you for some reason. And there could be a lot of reasons why it's not working. Um, you know, some people, that, I mean, we could flip this over on the other side. Let's play devil's advocate for a minute. Some people eat meat and say they don't feel well when they eat meat. Should they feel well when they eat meat? Yeah, they should. And most, most of the time, as we know, there's a reason if you eat meat and it makes you not feel well. Right. And there's this reason why when you eat vegetables, a whole lot of plant matter that you don't feel well if you do that. Uh, something's not working. So the big thing that's not working here, it would be, first of all, stomach acid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're talking about you need a really strong stomach acid to start breaking down proteins and you need to chew really well and have really good gut health all the way down the track to really break down vegetable fiber and try to extract nutrients from it because it is indigestible. And you do, she's right, you do have to work really hard at getting the nutrients from it. So what's interesting is that she's just willing to push through like reflux. And I don't know about anybody else, but I've had reflux before and it is not pleasant at all. It's It can be really... Um, dangerous too because the stomach acid is not supposed to come up into your esophagus that can mm-hmm. really wear out a place that's not protected in your body like your esophagus mm-hmm. yeah and that can lead to esophageal cancer as, as well exactly so it can cause a lot of problems but you know the whole point is is if so if someone is eating a, a plant-based diet and having reflux if they eat meat they are most likely not going to feel well because if they're already having it with eating plants because they can't break them down, that means their stomach acid is already not doing a good job. So if they add meats, they're most likely going to have a, a negative feedback loop for eating meat. Yeah, and so a lot of those people will say, oh, I feel he- it feels heavy mm-hmm. in my stomach. And I've had clients who have said that, you know, when I eat meat, I just feel, I don't feel good. I feel like it's just sitting there. And that's an, a big indicator to me that, okay, Something's going on with your di- your digestive system from the top down. So we got to start at the very beginning where, you know, the stomach acid is at and we start working in the stomach first because that's why it's just sitting there. It can just, you know, it, it will digest, but it just won't break down to its uh, peptide form, you know, the smallest molecule of a protein. And what happens is people just don't feel good because everything feels sluggish. Your body really is kind of running like a really slow computer. You mm-hmm. know, everybody's had a really slow computer, so you can totally identify with that. Um, and then you just don't feel well, so you think, oh, I should be on plant-based diet. And then those same people will eat plant-based and get reflux or something and say to themselves, and I'm just using her as an example. Well, I just have to push through with that because my body just has to work extra hard for the nutrients. But obviously, a plant-based diet is healthier. Oh, obviously. Obviously. It's the obvious choice. Um, I, I've talked to multiple plant-based people who have the same issue. And that's kind of why we bring it up because I, I talk to them and, and we have the you know conversations. I, you know, We eat mostly meat. They eat mostly plants. And uh, the conversation of which one's better and almost always they suffer from uh, digestive issues and reflux. 
And uh, when you try to explain to them that, you know, that's a stomach acid issue and they, they could fix it if they just added some, you know, some hydrochloric acid along with their meat in the meal that they would, they would absorb more protein and feel better, they refuse to believe you. And so they, they live with these digestive problems. Right. And, uh, and for guys, for, for women, I, I can't speak to exactly, you know, issues that go in with it. But for guys, what I noticed a lot of, a lot of them dip. Mm-hmm. So they have, you know, Copenhagen tobacco, which we know that really screws up your stomach. Right. And uh, and drink alcohol. Yeah. And, you know, those are things that will totally just destroy your digestive enzymes and your ability to start breaking down food from the beginning, which then everything breaks down from there. We know that if you're not breaking down your food to the absorbable forms then what happens is you can end up with issues with leaky gut and then end up with allergies and tolerances and eventually even autoimmune diseases because it's constantly triggering your immune system and your immune system gets worn out. That's really what essentially is going on with autoimmune diseases is it's just overloaded and it gets almost like confused, Mm -hmm. like short-circuited. And that's a really kind of like watered down um, explanation of it, but it is a good way to think about it, that it gets overwhelmed, a little confused, (laughs) and it starts tagging the wrong things as a foreign object in your body. And that can lead to like lifelong issues with people. Mm -hmm. Now, she's a good example of you can be, you you can eat this way and uh, have digestive issues and be very skinny. Oh yeah, because she is real thin when when I mean she's really skinny, and and this is the problem with society is is people confuse skinny with healthy. Yeah, absolutely, and that's one hundred percent. Nobody's going to confuse me with skinny, <laughs> so they might not think I'm healthy. But you know, I'd rather have I'd, I'd rather have be a little meatier and 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 do what I'm doing and feel like I feel because, like I said, I've had the reflux before. I even had that. On our our car not our carnivore but our keto diet because we were eating a lot of plants and when we first started doing it I was still real plant heavy th- thinking oh we need all these nutrients from all these different vegetables we need this green juice we need these you're go- you're going towards variety I'm going towards variety yes um, which is something else we want to talk about we're going to talk about. about that as well but that's what you're talking about that variety was not really doing you any good. No, I was eating a lot of plants. I was force-feeding you a lot of plants. (laughs) And, and, you know, there's a host of problems that came came with that. Um, Even on a carnivore, I keep saying carnivore because we are mostly carnivore now. Even on a keto diet, we were really eating a lot of greens, a lot of spinach, a lot of Brussels sprouts and things like that and peppers and... Just all different yeah, kinds every, of stuff. Every meal was, you know, meat and vegetables. Yeah, always a vegetable of some sort. And usually a leafy green because the reason why is because you're just bombarded with this in the media that leafy greens are the holy grail of nutrition. Yeah. And that you have to have a variety of all these fruits and vegetables in your diet. And when you're keto, a lot of times you've cut out the fruit. So what do you do? You really up the greens. Mm-hmm. And people start doing green juices and green powders and, I mean, every kind of green you can come up with. Right. And that can lead to some real problems. Number one, we've talked about oxalates before, but 
plants have their own chemical warfare going on. They don't want to die just like anything else. So they can't fight back like Groot on, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) But they do have their own weapon, kind of, you know, chemical weapons. And one of them is oxalates. And so it's it's designed in certain uh, greens to kind of... They're like little shards of glass. And if you want to know more about that, I would look up sallykaynorton.com and read all about oxalates. But that can be problematic. Um, But it can also interfere with your digestion because if your digestion isn't awesome, then you do, just like Kelly Ripa said, you have a hard time extracting the nutrients and it causes digestive issues. So we were doing all that. I had reflux. I woke up one night. And I think I've told this before, but I woke up one night, like, dead out of sleep. I had reflux so bad. it The stomach acid was up in my throat, and it burned so bad. It woke me up out of a sleep. It scared me to death. I thought I was dying. I was like, I've never had that happen before. And it was because we were eating so many plants with our keto diet. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I had it happen once, but that was in basic training, and... um don't even tell what you ate. It was our, it was our first day we got to eat food not in the chow hall, and I think I had a chili dog, a cheeseburger, a Coke, a bag of M&Ms. Uh, I basically ate everything in sight. Yeah, yeah. That can also cause somebody some digestion. And I did not sleep that night, like, at all. <laughs> it was horrible. So, yeah, you can get heartburn, indigestion, whatever you want to call it. From a different different methods of eating, mm-hmm. but one of them, you know, in our community can be just a really plant heavy keto diet, and a lot of people who are keto don't understand why they're still having reflux or why they're still having you know acid indigestion, digestive issues. Yeah, and they're they're you know also afraid of not having a lot of variety in their diet because they don't think they're going to get all their nutrients yeah so so this brings up the whole variety conversation because if you go out there and again like if you're paying attention to what's being being pushed on you variety is one of those things that's always pushed you got to have variety to have a healthy gut microbiome or you're you're just not going to be as healthy as you can be and uh what is really out there is there's there's no real proof that that's exactly what it is No. Well, what's crazy, and we always talk about this. I know it's, I'm going to start sounding like a broken record, but I look back at Weston A. Price and at Wilhelmer Stephenson and their studies in anthropology and in just human civilizations before we got so just savvy and with airplanes and travel and people were exposed to other people too much. Way back when, you know, before the 1930s, when they were doing all their exploring, um, they found people who were eating the same exact thing day in, day out, every day, all year, all their life. Yeah. So the healthiest societies on the planet did not eat a variety. That's what they found. And it's like so contrary to what people will tell you, especially dietitians and media and what you hear on... uh, you know, on the radio. Oh my gosh, yesterday we're driving. We went to the RV show yesterday in Dallas. Oh yeah, the RV and, show. And the RV show, we love to RV. So we like, if you don't know what that means, if you live in another country, <laughs> recreational vehicles. So going camping. And we went to the RV show and on the way there, we're listening to the radio and 
the girl goes, okay, good news for all of you who love donuts. A study came out and said (laughs) that a breakfast filled with fat in the morning makes you more sharp and keeps you more alert throughout the day. So don't be afraid to indulge in those donuts. And I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes, this is the upside down world. I was like, what in the heck? And so, people are going to hear that and believe it. Yeah. Oh, it was. it's an alternative rock station. So, you know, probably some 20-year-old is going, oh, my gosh, I'm going to Dunkin' in the morning. Uh, yeah. And, and we were talking about this before we came on about, you know, trying to eat alkaline foods. And, uh, and one thing we determined was we're not experts in the alkaline food you know, world movement, movement and, and, and be able to, because we didn't want to talk too much about it if we really couldn't explain it thoroughly. And we felt that we didn't have that expertise right now. So, but one of the things we did talk about is, you know, you can try to be alkaline, but one thing that for sure makes you acidic is sugar. Yeah. So, you know, the whole thing about Kelly Ripa and her diet is she follows an alkaline diet. Um, a lot of people do this. So you hear a lot of people, and some of you may even do this by the alkaline water. Um, thinking that it will help your body to remain alkaline, Um, which in the media you'll see everybody says, oh, this combats cancer. It helps keep your body healthier. Um, Your body does this all on its own. You cannot really, um, you can't really change your pH of your, of your blood. Um, And we didn't want to get too deep in this because there is, it is complicated, but one of the most acidic things that you can eat is sugar. And what it does is it actually pulls calcium from your bone to try to buffer that acid in your system. So that's why sugar becomes one of the biggest reasons why people have brittle bones, osteoporosis, tooth loss, tooth decay, cavities. Yeah, weak joints. It also, we know that sugar too much sugar in your bloodstream will block the absorption of vitamin C, which is necessary to build collagen. And so those two things together, the fact that it pulls calcium from your blo- from your bones and it also blocks vitamin C, which is necessary to build collagen, are two reasons why it is considered a more acidic food. It's alkaline on the table, but as soon as you put it in your body... It becomes acidic. And there's a lot of foods that are confusing to people like that. Lemons are acidic sitting out on the table, but as soon as you put a lemon in your body, it becomes alkaline. So it's kind of a topsy-turvy thing. Yeah, so it's not, It's not, and that's kind of why we didn't want to get too deep in it because it's, it's really hard to explain and sometimes hard to understand because there's a lot of counterintuitive things that happen. Yeah, and there's a lot of chemical processes that your body goes through to maintain this balance. And just keep in mind that unless you have a disease where you, you know, if you become too alkaline or too acidic, either one, you die. That's just what happens. (laughs) Right, right. So you can't really change it. The balance remains like this. On the pH scale, um, 7 is neutral on a scale of 0 to 14, 0 being most acidic, 14 being most alkaline, your body's fluid and blood remain at 7.35 to 7.45. So that's a pretty not tight, narrow margin 
that your body remains all the time and your body's constantly keeping that in balance. So, you know, no matter what you eat, unless you have some, you know, wild disease that allows your body to go out of that range um, and bad things happen then, then your body does this for you. Now, can you eat foods that can pull things from your your body to make your bones weaker and things like that absolutely sugar being one of those things an excess and we say sugar but we mean an excess of carbohydrates it could be pasta pasta isn't sugar but it becomes sugar or glucose when you eat it so all these things can pull that from your bones why is that important well Without your bones, you're really just a lump of goo. So, you know, and the big thing is your teeth. Your teeth should last. You're Patrick. Your your teeth should last more than a lifetime. They should be here long after you're gone. Um, They should last and last and last to where someday an explorer will find you and want to look at your teeth Mm -hmm. and see how many cavities you had or how well your teeth were formed. And that's, that's really where your body's pH balance kind of comes in. Yeah, and, and we, you know, we talk about consuming things. Like coffee is another one that people always say, if I drink too much coffee, they feel like they say they get acidic. And coffee really is not that acidic. I think it's five. So mm-hmm. it's just below alkaline on, on the scale, really. But what it does is, you're, I mean, and you just said it, you talked about things that, that balance your pH balance, that magnesium was one of them. Mm-hmm. And and coffee, coffee will block absorption of magnesium. Right. So all these things kind of work together, and you'll feel it in your digestion, you know, um, your stomach. If, you're, if your stomach gets upset, or some people say they have a sour stomach, they mean they have kind of heartburn or things like that. Something's not working right in the stomach environment. Um, that's usually where I start with people at. Um, as clients is like really dialing in digestion because often almost every problem that people have stems from a lack of proper digestion uh, from the very beginning, from uh, from how they ate the food to how it goes into the stomach and processes right there. Then down the rest of the track, it's just when it's off the track from there, bad things happen. But um, what we do want to talk about is why the variety in the diet isn't really what the media pushes. It's not. It, it's not even true. It's. It's. That's such a falsehood because if you had to eat a variety of foods to remain healthy, pretty much none of us would be here. Yeah, it's historically inaccurate. Like you just, we we haven't been able to do that. It's a modern convenience that we talked about before. You know, just recently we've been able to get, like you were saying, uh, this doctor was talking about eating a variety and had like tropical plants on there that you should eat every day. Oh, yeah. I was looking up just, you know, just seeing what different doctors are saying on their websites. And there was, it was, it was a female doctor. Um, and there was a picture of all the variety of fruits and vegetables we should eat. And a lot of them were tropical fruits like mango, papaya, bananas. I'm sorry. I don't live in Guatemala. That's or Ecuador, and that's where like bananas usually come from. Right. Most bananas in the store are from Guatemala. And, um, and, and we talked about being from. Where, we're just looking at from where I, we were driving in the car and talking about this. That if the if the food system kind of broke down, mm-hmm. like if uh, you know the the, the ten thousand semi wheel uh, semi trucks that are on the road because they're a they're a, a bunch of trucks. Oh my gosh! Oh, uh, we just drove to Nashville and back, and the amount of huge trucks on the road are it's just astronomical. 
because um, they get in the way, and I'm trying to pass them. Um, so uh, if if that system breaks down, now we're we're only we're limited to what we can drive our car within a, a short distance and get, and that's mostly we're talking about it. We can get meat and eggs and milk really easily. Yeah, we have a dairy not too far from us that sells raw pasteurized milk. I mean, raw unpasteurized milk um, and cheese that they make from the milk. And then there's another farm 15 minutes from us in a different direction that sells uh, pasteurized beef and eggs. And so those three things or those four items right there, eggs, meat, uh, milk, and cheese... We could live on that, and we could get nutrients that were necessary to maintain a healthy, active, and very, um, very well-fed, nutrient-filled life. Yeah, there's no there's no nutritional deficiencies that you're going to encounter eating those foods. Now, however, if we felt like we had to eat the variety, we're going to have to go out and find people locally that possibly grow vegetables. And, and there are some farmer's markets around here where people bring vegetables, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But, again, those are seasonal. Right. And you can't get a huge variety, even in Texas where we live. Like, even the farms that are close to us that, you know, do grow a lot of vegetables, they'll have, like, a few things at a time. It's not a huge variety. Um, and I definitely can't get mangoes or papaya or bananas in the state of Texas. So when we start talking about diversity of gut fiber and having to have all these different foods from all over these different places to maintain good gut bacteria, it's just a bogus lie because they don't know. And that's just a theory. They have no idea. There's not a test. When people say, show me the study, there's no study that proves that. No, they're, they're right now they're, they're discovering so much about the microbiome that they didn't know. Uh, all the time you see new new uh, studies about the microbiome, that stuff they just didn't know, and they're still discovering it. Now, And I also think about if you lived in, let's just say you lived in Colorado or South Dakota or North Dakota in this time of year, and, and the system broke down, you're not getting any vegetables in those areas. You're not going to get a leaf one. <laughs> no, you're going to be eating mostly animal products or what humans figured out about 10,000 years ago is storing grain. Yeah, and that was that was a survival technique. We stored that for emergencies. That was not our primary food. Now, no. it, it, and it's just recently become a primary food in our diet, which is which is one of the things that's causing all of these issues. Right, and I think that the variety in diet is something that really hangs people up when they want to try carnivore. Mm-hmm. Um, I notice it in myself when I first started as a as a female. I can speak for for myself that I had the idea that I needed to eat a variety of foods because I had heard this all, you know, heard it all your life. What have they always said? Five fruits and vegetables a day. You've been in, just indoctrinated with this that you have to eat these foods. Mm-hmm. Also, every time you read anything on a magazine, on uh, hear it in the news, it's always that you need to eat plenty of fresh fruits and vegetables. They never say anything about you should get adequate red meat because it's the most nutrient-dense food on the planet. Um, Often that's left out or said that it's terrible for you. So it was hard for me coming to a carnivore diet a couple of years ago and at first thinking, okay, 
am I going to feel good with eating the same foods every day um, and without this variety? What's going to happen? Well, nothing but good things happen. I mean, I went through transition. Everybody knows about the carnivore diarrhea. <laughs> you know? <laughs> the the bowel change. It happens. Your microbiome, it does changes. It just it changes, uh, you know, and it, sometimes it takes a couple weeks. Sometimes it takes a couple days. It's different for everybody. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people will be put off by that. But you're, one thing that we do know... Um, and what's interesting is even Wilhelmer Stephenson said this in his study or in his book is that we know that the they knew about gut bacteria then mm-hmm. in the 1920s. And he talks about it and he says that it was not that you had gut bacteria and you had to find foods that went with it. Basically, it was that your gut bacteria was there because of what you ate. Right. So I think we get it backwards that we have to eat all these varieties of food to feed all these different gut bacterias. But really, what's there is just there because of what you eat. So if you stop eating a variety, just that that gut bacteria will die. It's really not a big deal. No, it's not. You might have some issues because of that. Yeah. You might have a, a rash or some type of uh, detox thing that happens. But that's not going to kill you, and you might be better on the other end. And for anybody that's thinking about it, that's a great experiment to do. Find the uh, the food that you like, like just to say it's red meat, for instance. And this is why this works so well, because when you eat that same food over and over and over again, um, you're, you really find out if your body uh, is conditioned to it, and you'll find out if anything bad happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's another thing that flies around when we're talking about carnivore or even keto about eating the same foods and you'll read or see articles that will say that if you eat the same foods over and over you're likely to have to develop an allergy to those foods Mm -hmm. which i find very interesting because if that were the case if you just look again let's just stop for a second and look back at humanity if that were the case there would be a whole lot of people all over the world who had developed intolerances for animal proteins. Right. <laughs> um, we probably wouldn't be here today. No, they are, they are kind of, and this is one of those points where they're kind of on track, but they're going down the wrong, the wrong path. And they're right. If you eat uh, over and over again, foods you cannot digest. And that's the key. What you said right there, that's 100%. Why does it happen? Why does that happen to some people? Something in your digestion is not working well. Maybe you just need a digestive enzyme. So here's here's something I learned a long time ago. Work smarter, not harder, and take the help where you can get it. And sometimes it's just a matter of someone needs a little digestive help because they have abused themselves with carbohydrates for so long, their digestive system is way off track. And to develop a better digestive system, they might need to take some digestive enzymes for a little bit to help the food break down. Because the only reason why you develop an allergy to a food, especially, and you can only develop allergies to proteins, period. So the reason why people develop an allergy in, in my opinion, um, and I may be I may not be 100% correct on this. I'll just preface it with that. But 
let's say the person that eats eggs every day develops an allergy to eggs. Well, that means that there's something going on in your immune system and in your digestion. They're not jiving together, and you have to go back and find that root cause of why that protein from the egg, the egg white, is causing you to have an immune response. And oftentimes, it can be traced back to just you need digestive help from the very beginning. There's something breaking down within the stomach, the small intestine, or the large intestine. There's a leaky gut somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just have to work on that. Yeah. and that, Well, it could be so many different things. And like Melody said, you have to work on it. You have to try different things. Work with a nutritional therapist to you know give you ideas and, and take you along that journey to see how you can fix it. But it's like you said, it's not that the eggs are really that are bad for you. It's just you have a digestive issue that's letting a protein get into your system and your body is reacting to it. Right. It just it just tags it as a foreign protein mm-hmm. and says, oh, we need to kill it. So then people get a histamine reaction. And maybe break out in a rash or, you know, different things like that that happen. And, um, you know, it's it can be so many things. And, and if you're like us, you try so many things. Yes, that, and, and that's true. You're going to try a lot of stuff. Um, but, you know, the one thing to remember, the easiest thing to digest are fats and proteins. Right. So when you start, if you're doing any type of like elimination uh, diet, you know, consuming strictly fats and proteins is going to be the easiest thing on your system and help you calm down enough to where you can, maybe later on the road, you can figure out what is actually happening if you add a food back in to see what it does. Mm-hmm. Right. I can add certain things back in now and have no problem. And then, you know, I can, and it's weird. I can eat, let's say cheese, for instance. I could eat a piece of cheese and nothing happened. And then a few months down the road, maybe I eat a piece of cheese and I break out in a rash. And why is that? It has so much to do with other lifestyle issues as well. If there's stress, if there's like if you ate something that also had another ingredient like an industrialized seed oil that caused some breakdown in the digestion, there's so many factors. And, you know, some days I'm I'm probably like you guys. I'm just like, can I just eat whatever I want? And can it just be <laughs> fine? I mean, what... What the heck? Those are, those are called the good old days. Yeah, you know, you wish you could just like eat whatever and call it good and just, you know, not have to worry about it. Yeah, well, you know, I did that for years and that's why I became broken and that's why I, I had to be so strict now is because I had that time frame, you know, where I pretty much ate, you know, a lot of wherever I wanted, not all the time. I know I tried to do a lot of healthy things for a long time that turned out to be completely incorrect. Um, but hey, that, that's a learning and everybody's going to go through that. Well, you know, I mean, I, I say that I, I guess you, you know, you do, you eat a certain way you think is healthy and then it ends up not being healthy. You know, (laughs) like for me, it was for so long, I was doing a vegan diet for a couple of years. I did that and thought I was living my best life and turns out, no, I was probably the sickest I've ever been. I mean, low fat is the, is the big one in there. I mean, that's been, that's been since the eighties, low fat was how you were supposed to eat healthy and it was actually horrible for you. But it, it, that, that you know, dogma of eating low fat still continues today because there's still things that I read online where, where it'll come out and say, oh, you shouldn't drink milk. And you're like, okay, what is it now? Why is it? Why is milk not good for you now? And so you read the study and they start talking about all these things, but it all goes back to they don't like saturated fat. 
It's, I know, that's like the broken record of the medical community and research. It is. It's just crazy. And when you try to explain to somebody that by eating a lot of vegetables, you're making saturated fat. That's the whole point of it. That's 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 what your colon does. And and if it can't do that, then that diet will never work for you. They they just deny it. Like right. straight like, across. Like Kelly Ripa says, your body has to work extra hard if you're a plant based person to get those nutrients. And it's one hundred percent. It's one hundred percent true. But when you tell them that nutrient is saturated fat, they don't understand. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a whoa. You just blew my mind. Yes. Oh. And someone just blew the horn for the keto train. Yep. Are getting on it today? It just sounds extra loud, maybe because it's windy. I guess. I don't know. But, you know, that's one of the things is when you start reading these studies, it's just they don't like saturated fat. And you mentioned the, um, the Mediterranean diet earlier. Mm-hmm. And when you read the food on a Mediterranean diet, you will find there's usually no red meat in there. And that is, right. again, that is historically inaccurate. Red meat has always been on the Mediterranean diet. Yeah, you know, that was interesting because... Um, are you going <coughs> to sneeze? Excuse me, I just sneezed. It was the train. And that's the first <laughs> time ever on this podcast that I've sneezed. Wow. It is. Okay, mark that down. Um, <laughs> it's all this wind. So, Mediterranean diet, yeah, that's a whole other topic, but that whole... They, they eat tons of lamb, tons tons of red meat, and yeah. they happened to do that study, the one that re- came out where they said they ate this certain way, the certain Mediterranean diet the way it is during their Lent season. <laughs> yeah, Ansel Keys did a did, and this goes back to how, how poorly this was done. Ansel Keys talked to like 12 dudes during Lent. And this is what he got. And that is what the entire Mediterranean diet has been based on for the past 60 years. I know. And I go to the store and I'll see uh, signs that say like blue zone diet or Mediterranean diet. And it'll be under foods that I'm like, yeah, that's part of it. But you need to include the foods that made the people feel the healthiest, which was always red meat. You know, it's red meat. Um, But... That's kind of off topic. We want to get back to this variety thing. Oh, no, I don't. No? <laughs> no. Well, yes, we do. Because uh, I had, this week, I had a, a guy, did I talk about this last week? I don't know. I had a, had a, a you know, I trained guys, right? And one of them came in, and he was, he was vegetarian. Uh-huh. And, and I was like, hey, man, okay, great. Well, if you're, if you're going to be a vegetarian, you got to understand that there are some deficiencies you're going to have to deal with, especially if you want to be an, a strong athlete that you need to, you know, uh, make up for. And he already had uh, shin splints and migraines. Right. Yeah. I don't think you talked about that last week, but that's always, every time you have someone who comes up that's plant-based, they already always have issues. And then I had another guy that said he was plant-based, uh, but he, he started have, having to add iron because uh, when he would get his blood drawn or he got bruised very easily. Yeah. He had bruises that wouldn't go away. Bruises that wouldn't go away. Yeah, that's a like, clear sign of iron deficiency. Yeah, I was like, hey, man, um, that diet's not working for you. Yeah, and that's that kind of ties back into this whole thing. of When, when someone is eating away 
a certain way and it's causing other health issues. And I will say reflux is a health issue. Mm -hmm. Um, When you are not having your stomach acid stay in your stomach, this is a health issue. (laughs) It's a problem. Um, If you're eating in a way to where you have bruises that won't go away, if you're eating in a manner that you have migraines all the time, just something's not working. And Rather than just ignoring it and saying, well, this is just how it is. This is the healthiest diet ever. And this even goes for a carnivore diet. If it's not working for you, you need to find out why. Because it doesn't matter if it's plant-based, keto, carnivore, blue zone, Mediterranean. If you're having health issues that are stemming from when you eat your food, you're not feeling well, you need to do more investigation. Yeah, and and that's exactly it. And that was kind of the, the point that... We really wanted to talk about was is someone eating a certain way because because they heard it's healthy even though they have all these signs of it not working for them but they continue to do it no matter what and that goes back to not episode 83 but episode 82 where we talked about carnivore for women and we can just tie that right back into how when you're doing a carnivore diet and your sleep gets disturbed and things aren't working and I talked about how I add honey Mm-hmm. At night, which you know, we could say that's an animal product. Bees puke it up, and you know, <laughs> I mean, this so that's that's kind of the way it works. It's sort of an animal product, but not being so stubborn in my thought process of like, well, I'm a carnivore, so I can't have this one food and let my health suffer with poor sleep because I'm just too stubborn. And we don't want anyone to do that with any diet that you're on. Right. The goal. And, the goal is health. That's right. it's, That's the goal. It's not to get a t-shirt. Right. And like I can, I can even tie that into today's workout. We went to the gym this morning and we did heavy squats mm. or heavy for me. Um, it's a lot of volume, so it's a ten by ten. And if you can do math, that means it was a hundred squats, <laughs> barbell squats. And I got to you know that set. Eight of you know 135 pounds for me was I bumped it up from last week. I'm doing my squats. Set eight. I feel my my back tighten up. Now, if I'm stubborn, I could say, "Screw it! I'm doing a 10 by 10 today. I'm just going to keep squatting." And I could have ended up with a back injury if I wasn't careful, or you know, just a, a my back seize up and I fall down in the barbell. You know, who knows? <laughs> who knows what could happen? It's Jim fail. Jim fail. Then I end up on the YouTube. <laughs> I sound like a grandma, right? I end up on the YouTube. But, you know, I stopped because something wasn't working right. And that goes with everything when we do that we do with our health. If something's not working, you have to put the barbell down, step back and go, what am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. You know, where am I missing it? Where am I not bracing? Where am I? And when it's your diet, what am I not, what am I not doing right? Am I not doing something right? Or is it the food that just, I really can't handle this food right now? Do I need to work on my digestion? There's a lot of questions to ask yourself. Well, and, and again, this goes back to getting a coach. It really helps. Uh, to have a coach because uh, they can look at you objectively and see what you're doing and give you better answers because it's very hard to make those sometimes to make those decisions on yourself and that again diet or working out it's the same thing Uh, working out it really helps to have a coach because uh, they can tell you what you're doing wrong because sometimes you just don't see it 
Right. It, it's 100%. Like with me, I need you to stand there and go, ah, you're not doing this right. Well, <laughs> you I'm, know? I'm over in the corner breathing really hard at the time. <laughs> I know. I know. So yeah, that workout was horrible well, we did and the, wonderful yeah, at the same time. Well, we did the heavy lifting, which is great. And then we went right, right into a explosive type of hit workout. Yeah. So uh, box com- jumps. Yeah. Box jumps and clean and press. So when we talked about that last week, top two muscle fiber and mm-hmm. storage capacity for, you know, your glycogen stores. And doing box jumps has been something that, you know, for me, it was a little bit, it was so disappointing at first because I realized how unexplosive my body was yeah, and how I had really let that go. And you just look back and you're like, you think to yourself, well, when I was a kid, well, yeah, when I was a kid, <laughs> I'm 48. It's been a long time since I was a kid. But yeah, I could do round off and back handspring, and those are explosive movements. But mm-hmm. no, 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 not now. Yeah, so we've made it a habit to work on some explosive exercises. You know, incorporate all those into our workouts, and it's uh, it's helping. Like my like my knee feels a lot more stable, even though I I added some explosive lateral work, which is things that I stayed away from from a long time because um, lateral work on on bad joints just doesn't doesn't seem to go together. Right. But, but, you know, I spent a year trying to strengthen everything around my knee so I could do those type of movements. And then it ties into the diet. Diet. Diet and joint health. They go They go together. They go together. They do. For sure. So, you know, it, it all boils down to when you're looking at what you're eating. And I just thought it was so interesting. It was so eye-catching, this article, that these things happen when I eat this way, but it doesn't matter. I'm just going to do it anyway. Um, these bad <laughs> things happen. How important it is to evaluate it, even if you're on a carnivore diet and crazy stuff starts happening. You have to evaluate it. Um, Is it stagnant that you should eat a carnivore diet for the rest of your life? I don't know. Nobody can answer that for you, but you. Um, And is variety really important for microbiome health? Well, not really. We don't know that. We don't see that in anthropological studies. We don't see that in any historical data that people had to travel and go get mangoes from some tropical island and bananas from Guatemala and, you know, corn from the plains of the, you know, Americas. Avocados. Avocados come from Mexico and California. Yeah. If the system breaks down, everybody that's not in Mexico or California cannot eat avocados. Right. And that's a huge staple in in a lot of people's keto diets. It is. So you got to think, that'll just go away. Right. And that's that's a really big problem right now. We've talked about the avocado wars. Um, Avocado wars. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's a real issue right now, especially with water in California and the Mexican cartels in Mexico with avocados. They're actually stealing avocados from F, uh, from the federal, uh, inspectors, the FDA inspectors at gunpoint and stealing (laughs) avocados like they're blood diamonds. It's crazy. It is crazy. So, you know, yeah. Do you have to have that variety in your diet for a keto diet to work? Mm-mm, no. No, you don't. Nope. So so think about that. <laughs> Food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I think that kind of wraps up this episode. Um, we really appreciate you guys listening. Um, we hope you have a great Monday or whatever day it is out there. So go out there, eat fat, and prosper.
Thanks for listening to The Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to vtkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.